0: Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always do our best to let you know that they're coming. This week, we're talking about the latest remake of The Invisible Man, starring Elizabeth Moss, and also the new Netflix show,
1: I Am Not Okay With This. Hey, Fanny, are you okay with this? I don't know what you're referring to specifically, so I'm just going to say no.
0: As always, a plea to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're able to do such things. It helps us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, just, you know, we say it every week, but
1: broken record, wiki, 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 do it again. Somebody <laughs> um, tweeted at us this week. <laughs> I mean we know her. Oh. But okay. somebody did tweet at us. So, I got excited. Hi Chloe. I know you are home us, with the baby. You
0: can also tweet at yes. us or write a review. All of those. In it, fact, you probably should. Yeah. So, it still makes me
1: crazy, silly, excited when I see Oh, at the next podcast. Exactly. And you know, it was somebody saying that I'm intelligent, which I like. That's right. not exactly what she was saying, but that's what I translated it into. So,
0: so what did you do in pop culture this week?
1: Oh me. Um So I watched all of a bunch of stuff that we talked about that we're going to talk about on this podcast, and I also had a head cold, so I watched—the way that I stumbled upon I Am Not Okay With This was because I sat down to turn on Netflix, and I said, I'm not going to watch The Circle, because I'm not going to watch 11 hours of some reality thing that everybody's talking about, because I already did that with Love is Blind, and my brain will rot out of my ears— three and a half hours later when i got to the end of i am not okay with this i started the circle okay so the circle is netflix kind of answer to like basically blind big brother they put a whole bunch of people in an apartment complex it turns out in england and it, it, it apparently this was an english show to begin with and then they translated it to an american version but they used the same house that they had set up for this purpose And they put all of these people in a house, and they only let them all interact through social media on their screens in their apartments in this complex. And so they could be who they say they are, or they could not be who they say they are. And then they pick – they all rate each other through their social media just within this one little – you know, the eight people in the house and uh, the two top people then block somebody from the circle. And then at the end, they all survivor wise rates and the person who has the most vote votes wins one hundred thousand dollars. So this was set up to be super catty and Big Brother ish and mean and I sat down to watch it, expecting that. The first person that walks in is this guy that tells you he looks like Bobby De Niro. Yo! And I'm hashtag mama's boy. And he's like a bartender, and he's from the Bronx. I think it was the Bronx. I don't know. Could have been Queens. But, like... Um, accent cop. I know. But he did... Well, this is what he sounded like. He was like, yeah, buddy! Hashtag yeah, buddy! It was... Um, and, and I'm like, and all he did was yell and talk about how much he likes the hot blondes. And I thought, okay, I hate this guy so much, I want to die. And then they show, they have a whole bunch of other people come in. They have two catfishes. One of them was uh, a woman who was, as she put it, 100,000 million percent lesbian. And I loved her immediately, but she was a heavy set woman. And so she was playing uh, a friend of hers. She used her pictures and made herself. A less heavy set woman and a less quite obviously hundred a thousand million percent lesbian, <laughs> which I just loved her specific. She just said it over and over again. It was great, and there was one other catfish where he was using his girlfriend's picture because he said in order to be emotional people he was uh he was a black man, and he said you know look i was i grow was raised up being told that that out made you weak. And so that's my preconceived notion and I want to be emotionally available. So I'm, I'm coming on as a woman. And then there was a guy who ran for governor of California, um, on a, I hate social media platform. (laughs) Fair. Yes. And he calls it social Medusa. (laughs) And his name is Shaboom. Shabom. They called him Shuby. Anyway. So this was set up to just kind of be this crazy, like train wreck. And instead, now I don't know how manipulated and how fake it is. Look, I'm not I'm not a naive babe in the woods. I don't think that I actually experienced like the one nice thing that happened out in the world. But the way that they edited this show and the way that they decided to present it instead was very sweet. Uh, there were there were several people who were not straight, which was which was nice. And um, they the the yo buddy guy turned out to be actually a complete sweetheart who just yeah that was how he was raised in this l- loud italian family and but he was actually a complete sweetheart who like loved everybody <laughs> loved everybody and okay maybe i was manipulated i had a head cold but i did respect that instead of having it just be this i'm as Catty and shallow and gross as I possibly can be, that these people kind of took some stock in being real and trying to figure out who was authentic. And at the end, it seemed like some of these people really walked away with friendships. And I liked that, and it ended up being a somewhat uplifting 11 hours of TV instead of just, uh, you know, I'm laughing at how much I hate these people and and watching them all scream at each other a la Real Housewives and Love is Blind and everything, every other reality show. So I actually thought it was somewhat worth watching.
0: Now, if, if Justin uh, noted Don't watch reality this. TV hater, though, is... Has to choose between Love Is Blind or The Circle. In like a watch one of the reality shows, or you will be like blasted off into freezing cold death in space. Which should I choose? The Circle. Okay. All right. I still probably go to. No, chance.
1: I don't want. I don't think you should watch either. I don't think you will enjoy either. But
0: when I get to that junction, yes, when that ultimatum happens, you're I know my... in
1: Dante's fifth <laughs> ring of hell, and all you get to watch is reality shows the circle getting all the way through it, you will feel better okay. about humanity and yourself than you will about love is blind. You may not be as entertained, but, and <laughs> that's you know? what I did. I also, um, found out that McDonough, Martin McDonough, who everybody knows that I love very, very much. It ha- is finally doing his, uh, when he wrote stage plays, he had a triptych, uh, that was with the beauty queen of Leanne and the, uh, Lieutenant of Inishmore and the third one which was actually the first play he tried to write was called The Banshees of Inishmore. And uh he is now making a movie that was based on that original concept and he is bringing back Brendan Fraser and Colin Farrell to star in it so it is basically In Bruges Part 2 and I could not be more excited it's due out 2021. Nice.
0: But there're no actual banshees. No, 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 no. It's okay. just that's just that's the name. yeah okay. because
1: they are two lifelong friends who one suddenly decides that he doesn't want to be friends anymore. Right. So. Cool. I'm very excited. I I am so excited. Did you hear that they have now postponed um, James Bond? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Till November. It, that was first shout out. I know that was a long. <laughs> November. Long wait. I know.
1: I mean, I, maybe I'm, that was the first av- next available. Italian yeah. play date or
0: maybe it's just because they need to work on it more or yeah maybe knows? they're lying
1: I but... don't know yeah but. But. speaking of Martin McDonough okay here's how my mind works oh Martin McDonough's is in love with Phoebe Waller Bridge who wrote the new McDonough, James Bond right? movie and that's how my brain works nice
0: okay thanks for making the connective tissue uh, <laughs> should we talk about uh, RuPaul's Drag Race
1: sure let's do that
0: um, season
1: 12
0: Twelve. I think 12 yeah um, we always end up talking about the show I feel like in the last couple years i've been bitching about it pretty much relentlessly um i would like to know what you thought of the new drag race season and we haven't talked about this at all so i'm very curious
1: i really liked it i have one queen that i'm not super thrilled with the rest of them (laughs) i actually really like okay
0: now i have to guess sure guess um god i don't even know I like them all. I worried the other
1: morning when I woke up that my hair looked a little bit like a helmet. And I said to Parker, <laughs> gee, do I look like the one who wore three out of four helmets? Oh, with I like the Helmet Queen. I don't... I I do not like that super young. I think I know everything. My mommy did all of yeah. my clothes. But I thought they did
0: a nice job of warming them up. But anyways, that's I, the general thoughts.
1: Yeah. I, that was. Other than that, I... I really thought it was a lot of more talent than usual. Um,
0: format changes.
1: Yeah, I. Big format, format changes? changes.
0: Yeah, like so what? They are basically now. I think so. I enjoyed this premiere way more than I've enjoyed many of the recent ones. They've now split the. They've premiere done that before. Into two parts. Yeah, they've I done that.
1: They've done that a couple of seasons. before. I never remember seeing that. Yep. They have. This is we'll not. We'll talk it. about this
0: offline. I yep. Do not ever remember this. But it gave you time to get to know the queens. Like usually the first like five episodes are kind of like, who are all these people? I can't tell them apart. You don't get to dig into anybody's story. You have no emotional connections. I thought this one did a really nice job. I swear to God it was the first time they've done this. It's not. Um, where we got to actually see the whatever six or seven people, seven people probably that were like sort of in this first half. Um I also thought I don't know whether this is casting or whether this is editing or whether this is like backing off on the writing a little bit or also not making it so like campy like it was just like, who are these people for whom drag is a, uh, career. I...
1: I think they finally started to pick up on that 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 when they have the interchanges in the dressing room. That I think social media and people's responses has been so positive toward. We actually want to hear them talk about themselves. Yeah. That I think they're pick they're picking up and doing that a lot earlier and a lot more.
0: It's interesting. I've never watched Untucked ever. Oh, and I have. Yeah. Untucked is. I, I watched like one episode on. Philo, Philo, I don't know what the fuck you call it. Some yeah. weird streaming service that I was now subscribed to that I didn't even know. Um, but the Untucked was built into the end of it. Oh, God. So it was just, is that, so on Amazon, is it just...
1: It is not, It's okay. but it's super but easy to find. It, easy. it is on YouTube under you the World to. of Wonder channel. Interesting. You okay. can find Untucked very easy. It's free. It's easy to find.
0: So the very first time ever watching this show, I was like, I want to hear more about these people. And also, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I just wanted to listen to her talk more. She like, was so fun. <laughs> she was so fun. And I, I loved and hated that the editors kept being like, oh, she's a crazy bitch. She's going to say something nasty and mean. And like in the previews when they like throw, show her and, uh, you know, what's her name? Like throwing shady faces right. at each other. And then you like guess the actual scene and she's being lovely and thoughtful and supportive. Um. Yep. Yeah. I just, I'm more excited about, this could change in a minute, but I've been more excited. Also the level of drag for a first was great. Seven people was like really really good I thought. Yep. Um it's going to be a crazy tough competition this year and that's fun, but then I hope they don't lean too into shitty like you know reality TV drama cuz right. we're not here for it. I'd right. much rather not have that.
1: Um. I mean, that is what I've always liked about Face Off and about uh, even about Top Chef, where I like the communal. Look, I know in the end we are all competing and we're going to be honest. And sometimes that means we're going to be brutal when it comes down to critiquing each other. But we all practice this art together and I will help you as much as I can and I will help you grow and maybe at the end, I'll have to say, I don't think this person's ready for this yet. Yeah. And maybe I will have to be brutally honest, but I can love you up to that point. And yeah. even when I say those things to you, I still love you and I still support you. And I'm still, you know, we're still all in this together. Yeah. And maybe that's, you know, the yah yah Berkeley friggin' hippie in me. But I find that so much more interesting in these types of shows, especially, you know, look, food people, chef people.
0: Designer people. Designer
1: people. I mean, I think that Project Runway does a little bit more of the of, of the reality stuff now than it used to. Much
0: less in the new season. That's I'll talk good about to that know. next
1: week. These communities that do these types of creative arts there were the weirdos. And sticking together is important. And you and I were talking before we started recording about uh, about RuPaul and, and how she's sort of... This seems like maybe she's picking people differently now. And uh, like watching the French queen, I really liked when she got nervous and uh, talked about, look, Nicki Minaj is here and I named myself after her. And Michelle Visage told her, "Okay, but you got scared. And she said, yeah, I did. I got overwhelmed. And she said, "Okay," and Rue picked you and you got to put that on and wear it. And I thought that was great and very interesting and a new sort of, they weren't just trying to knock each other down so much. And I really liked that. Um, And and even the queens, like the queens that I didn't particularly think their drag was up to par, um, I liked them as people. And then the queens that I maybe didn't like so much as people, I thought that their artistry was great. And so that's going to be an interesting Interplay. And I also liked that none of them seemed to be stabbing each other in the back. Yeah.
0: I think there's maybe a sense of, you know, RuPaul's finally like, I've made it. I've launched crazy, like, new stars. Now let's get back to sort of the artistry. I think it's, we're saying the same thing, but I just right. really love that it feels a little more like, I don't need to be like, this is the next superstar. Like, just tone down. Like, these are artists. Like, right.
1: And also, I don't have to do this. I mean, there's some camp in it, of course, yeah. but it doesn't all have to be camp and puns. Yes, it felt puns, less campy in an and way. And yeah. there was a lot more actual, you know, can you say love? And right. if you can't love yourself, yeah. how are you going to love anybody else? And we have to do this yeah. together. And, can and I liked that.
0: And can you and can you create? And the more of that, the better.
1: Yeah, I really liked it felt yeah. kinder. And again, maybe I'm... Don't get what makes other people want to watch the show, but I yeah. like that.
0: Everything's, yeah, different for different people. Yep. Um, I watched this week uh, Visible, a documentary series. I only saw the first episode on Apple TV. Um, it is a history of queer representation on television. Uh, it is very slick, very well made. If anybody's ever seen Rob Epstein's the Cellular Closet, it sort of follows some of that same format. The one thing I'll say that I didn't like about it, it jumps all over the place. It goes from like the Jeffersons, which had a trans character on it, which I did well, not I remember this episode. I remember that. It like jumps from that to like Ellen. You're just like, whoa! Just kind of like do this sequentially, or like I, the theme feels a little crazy, and I don't know. It makes me a little dubious about whether they're going to sort of pull off six episodes of this because I would just love. Something that started from the very beginning and works slowly. Like, I want some Ken Burns, like, queer TV action going on. Like, just go step-by-step through all of it and talk about it and think about it. Um, It jumps around a bit, and there are a lot of talking heads from, like, um, you know, everyone from Neil Patrick Harris to, um, you know, um, Orange is the New Black. What's her name? Um, Trans character. Cox. Yes, Laverne Cox. Like, it just sort of jumps around with people and they're fun people so it makes it very fun but it also doesn't i don't feel the shape of the show enough but i'm gonna keep watching it because that's what we got and i'm excited yeah. to have it here and also i will say i'm super happy that it is dedicated to uh including trans stories in this including people of color in this these things tend to get very like uh white and cis um so mm-hmm. i'm even if they started with Ellen, I'm happy to see them reaching out. Um, Lena Waithe has interviewed a ton in it, and Good. every time Lena Waith talks, I'm just mere for it. So
1: them. you're telling me there are other gay people than Neil Patrick Harris and Ellen Je- and DeGeneres? Yeah, That's what you're telling I, I, isn't me.
0: That it's I know shocker.
1: Wait a minute. <laughs> And I love both of them. Yeah. But wait a minute. Yeah. Also, apparently,
0: all in the family, I mean, again, Norman Lear, uh, Jefferson's super fucking progressive. Like, you mm-hmm. just forget it until you see some of these episodes, and it is
1: shocking. And still doing it. Watch the new One Day at a Time, you guys. Seriously.
0: Okay. I need to watch that. I still have not. Still, That's This high is, high is still
1: Norman Lear putting people of color and putting pe- queer people in the spotlight. Still doing it. You still have to listen to a stupid laugh track, and it drives me crazy, but it's a great friggin' show.
0: That's visible on Apple TV. Check it out. Uh, I'll probably talk more about it when I watch a little more. Um, I've watched a little more Picard, on the other hand. Uh Um, I still love Patrick Stewart so much, and I love this character so much. This show is getting dumber by the week. Um, It's a shame, because I think it started off really strongly. It is falling into a little bit of the... um, you know, hip, hipping up and darkening up a franchise. There's like graphic violence in this that is trying to sort of be like slightly game of Thronesy. like people get decapitated and like stabbed and limbs cut off, but it's so like star Trekky that you're like, you just cut somebody's head off. It just like the none of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's a tonal mismatch. Um, last week they tried, remember how star Trek, did you watch next generation? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of like, we're in the holodeck role playing like card sharks or whatever. And so they kind of have already started that with the show, not in the holodeck, but in kind of, you know, episode to episode, like kind of, oh, we're doing this adventure now and we have to dress up like this. And I think I already talked about his terrible French accent in one episode where he had to do that. Um, They're leaning more and more into that. It's not good. The other part of it is it's kind of a Battlestar Galactica ripoff. Like this whole sort of do, you know, artificial intelligent androids sort of deserve the same. right. I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> we have other problems to worry about right now. <laughs> um, so I don't know. We'll see where this goes, but it's certainly lost a little steam for me. Um, I am also watching, watching, reading uh, The Invited. Um the invited, not the uninvited, the invited. I, I looked so by the way, I forgot to tell you this funny story. I went on uh Berkeley Library because I thought this is a perfect book to just like get because I was too lazy to go on sure your sure account were. or whatever. Sure. I was like, I'll just go to the library and check it out on on Kindle. And I was stressed out that night about, you know, the virus that's gonna kill us all and million other things the politics signs.
1: that are gonna kill us yeah. all. Yeah.
0: And so I found this thing. Uninvited. Great. Downloaded it. Started reading it. It looked like fairly new. It was about a virus that spreads through the world and ends up having kids kill their parents like shoot them with like a nail gun oh my god uh, and i was like i don't remember fanny talking about any of this (laughs) um and then i quickly was like i'm gonna just google like ghost story building project invited oh it's invited yes
1: (laughs) yes it is the invited (laughs) yes
0: which shouts to the library i found on the library (laughs) downloaded for free Um, didn't have to like log in or log out on anything. It was very easy. Um, so yeah, I am reading it. It is fun. It is silly. It's kind of trashy. It's not Mm -hmm. really all that well written. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm kind of into it. It's like perfect. Just like, you know, it's like a beach read for those of us that like ghosts on the beach. Exactly. (laughs) I don't like um, beaches. No, I'd much (laughs) rather have like a creepy cemetery than a beach. Me too. Um, and it hits that sweet spot. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I, I can tell it's going to end badly, yes. but I am also Yeah, you're
1: going down a dark road. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I Again, I finished it. It still remains fine. I didn't hate it. I didn't throw the Kindle. It does not nail the ending. Yeah. It is not. Also,
0: I have a question for you, and I've not read, and this is maybe going to embarrass myself because this is a very typical dressing question. Is Hattie supposed to be black? No. Okay. All right. That's a big, like, yeah like loss in yeah. the narrative I, I agree
1: with you but I no she's, yeah. she's not it's like
0: all this imagery of sort of ha- lynchings and like whatever it's and like,
1: I can only guess that because of the descriptions of um Olive and her mom yeah I think you're right I, I think I don't want to give a big spoiler there yeah. but I it's think you Salem-y can probably stuff. tell well yeah. and I think you can probably tell that Olive yeah. is connected to Hattie in some way right, right. so Um, yeah
0: it's just it's so clearly written by a north eastern woman who did not want to talk about race even though she's invoking images of race and sort of through this witch metaphor and you're kind of like bad move yes
1: i'll do (laughs) salem because that was generally white women yes exactly Uh, agreed
0: Um, i and also hattie the name weird choice um it's a very southern i get what i
1: I understand that um
0: all right, that's all I've done. Let's get on to our main topic, shall we? Yeah, sure. Um, I am not okay with this. Uh, this is two rising stars from It, Sophia Willis and Wyatt Olaf, great names, uh, star in this seven-episode Netflix adaptation of a comic series from Charles Forsman, Forsman, I think that's right, sure. who also wrote uh, another comic that was adapted for Netflix recently, The End of the Fucking World.
1: That was on my best of list.
0: Yes, And I have not watched it yet, but Fanny has said many good things about it. I Am Not Okay With This combines uh, sort of John Hughesian teen drama with supernatural superhero intrigue. It's about a young queer woman who's coming to terms with her powers of, I don't think there's too much spoiler to say this, telekinesis. Um,
1: It's in the first episode.
0: Yeah. We're not going to go deep spoilers on this because, you know, we don't want to ruin anything, but we'll kind of talk about the premise generally. What did you think of I Am Not Okay With This?
1: I really liked it. Um I don't know if I liked it so much because the cast is so good. Um the woman that I can't think of her name and I'm sorry, but the woman that plays uh Sophia Willis's character's mother is good in everything. She's on uh she was on episodes that I just loved so much on Showtime and uh she's been in a few other things that we've seen recently and I didn't recognize her. Yeah, you've so seen her interrupts. and stuff, trust yeah. me. Uh this is a face blindness thing. <laughs> <laughs> um and her voice often changes and she can play super rich, Novocaine lipped, you know, like and down and dirty. She's really good. She was in some movie we saw just recently. I can't think of it right now. But um I thought she was great. All of the kids are good. Um And I thought, while not uplifting, it nailed its story between all of the kids. It nailed grief and depression well. And, um, you know, this is not a new story, grief and anger manifesting into telekinetic powers. And what do you do with that? And so it's hard to make it seem fresh. And I don't know that it made it seem fresh so much as it tried it on and made it comfortable to sit in while you're watching it. So I really liked it. And I thought the three and a half hours flew by. I was uh, surprised and a little disappointed when it ended and Netflix, I need you to not do what you do. And can you give me at least one more season? <laughs> what do you think?
0: Um, I'm going to do my uh, review in the form of a trailer. <laughs> okay. In a world where the CW has taken over Netflix to give us productions like Sabrina, the teenage witch,
1: that you haven't watched all, of
0: Lock and Key, and other—well, uh, I guess they didn't do Runaways, but it could be—and other adaptations of comics that just get completely bungled. I haven't read the comic of this, but I thought this was the best version of this that we've seen. Um, I mean, it deals with a lot of the same themes as Sabrina. A lot of the same themes as Stranger Things, honestly. Um, there's a lot of Carrie, Stephen King baked into this thing. Oh, yes. um, it is very familiar in many ways, many many ways. Um, but I think the queer part of the story is really not just like a little thing thrown on top. No, it's it is baked, baked into in. the. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and that actually f- I found very moving. And yep. um, I'm forgetting her name already. Uh, L- something so Lila something. Uh, the Beverly from it is Sophia S- Willis. Sophia it's Willis. It's in your notes. Um, I can't look because I'm scared our uh, garage man will stop. Oh, I see. Um, okay, she is so good. So so good in this. <gasps> she and is
1: so talented, man. <laughs>
0: that other guy who plays Stanley from Wyatt it, Olaf. Yes, is <laughs> yes. really really good too. They're so.
1: Apparently he's contractually obligated to be named Stan, That's though it's so a little funny. weird. It's totally but he, weird. God, he's good.
0: Yeah, I I will say beyond those characters and the mom, like you mentioned, yeah. uh, the rest of the characters are very paper thin. I do like Dina, who's sort of this. Uh, yeah, love I agree interest. that
1: they're not super deep the yeah. characters, but the actors do well with what they're given. I yeah, think so. I agree.
0: Um, it just my one complaint about it is that it almost felt too rushed. I was just like, oh, I wish that I had a little more time to breathe for yeah. a first season that ends in something fairly dramatic. A massive
1: cliffhanger? Yeah, yeah,
0: that you sort of feel like, oh, I could have used a little more build-up to this. Right. Um, it's like when you think about what was really good about Stranger Things season one was it was perfectly paced. Yes,
1: that's and very true. And
0: this does not quite have that same level of pacing, and yet I was sort of more interested by the at least the lead characters um so yeah super fun i will keep watching it i yep. don't have any major complaints i'm very curious to know like what the hell that ending was because without yep. going to spoilers there's there's an ending we're uh and it ends yeah it could go horribly wrong it could go uh stranger things season two or yep. it could go somewhere great It yep. go somewhere great me too um yeah. Anything else? No. Great soundtrack.
1: Yeah, it was really I really, really like all the music.
0: Um, beautifully shot, I thought. Yeah. Just really great. It's set in a Pittsburgh town. Felt that town. town yeah. And,
1: yeah. Yeah. I thought it Pennsylvania was great.
0: Town? Pennsylvania town, I think. These kids um, are so good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I really enjoy... You know, I've enjoyed Sophia Willis and everything I've seen her in. She's even really if I good. didn't enjoy the property. And I, I... I'm so glad that she continues to get work. I really like her a lot. And I thought this was great. I really enjoyed it. Totally agree.
0: And for anybody that's on a uh, gore phobia level uh, as I am, it starts off in a way that immediately I texted Fanny like, how gory does this get? Because it looks like it's going to get gory. It doesn't really, except for very minimal things that you'll see coming a mile away. Yeah, exactly.
1: If you want to avoid gore you're gonna know it's coming yeah. you're gonna know exactly what the gory things yeah. are at least 15 seconds before they come yeah you're good
0: this isn't a gore forward show yeah. no. um so that's just something to note for for my fellow yeah. out there.
1: you don't have to go read about the spoilers no. and, and so you can like shield your eyes because right. you're gonna be all right good segue into i know <laughs> <laughs> to the invisible man which we also saw um this was written and directed by lee Wanell, who
0: of the...
1: saw. He saw he did saw and
0: also conjuring movies. yeah
1: yeah uh insidious maybe i don't know one of those no it wasn't conjuring but i yeah, know it insidious was saw maybe. yeah it's like part of that i didn't see insidious yeah. so i don't know um it stars elizabeth moss and aldous hodge it's the retelling of the 1933 claude Rains film Great Moss, movie if
0: you haven't seen it. Exactly.
1: Please go see that movie. Moss stars as Cecilia, a woman feeling, uh, fleeing her brilliant and abusive ex, and who then begins to wage a gaslight war on her sanity while he's invisible. Um, what'd you think, Justin? You want to play Accent Cop? Well, maybe we should start with Accent
0: Cop. Maybe that's the best place to start. Okay. Okay. What'd Miami. you think
1: of the ex's accent?
0: Well, you don't hear too much of him uh-huh.
1: but what'd you think of it
0: i just assumed he was a bad american actor yeah
1: he's welsh what'd you think <laughs> of the sister
0: uh again i went to the bathroom for her like five seconds of explanation in the movie so i didn't really know it seemed fine
1: australian <laughs> wasn't fine australian and the brother the the gaslighting asshole's brother oh, okay. who by the way i love he was in patriot he's yeah. a great actor yeah what'd you think
0: Thought it was american kiwi okay
1: you're bad at this all because of these are bad. none of them were good okay when you try and cover up your welsh accent by doing nicolas cage school of acting circa peggy sue got married with the weird ass teeth oh my god
0: i mean they weren't like uh, rupert grint bad
1: they were no they were not rupert grint bad
0: but that's my new measuring none technique.
1: of them were good the only americans in this thing sounded american all right <sighs> Okay, so what would you think of the movie, Justin?
0: Other than that, um, this is a movie that, as I mentioned, I really like the original Claude Reigns. That is a terrifying, like, really unexpectedly scary movie. If anyone's not watched the original Invisible Man in a while, go watch it. It's scary as fuck because it's about, like, a madman that, like, if a madman became invisible (laughs) and it feeds off itself. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite scary. Um, I like... A lot of the intention of this film compared to a lot of the lazy, sloppy remakes, I think they clearly tried to make a movie about um, essentially just believe women was, I think, sort of the operating principle um, behind this movie. I think that's sort of the one idea they had around, like, what if we do The Invisible Man? Unfortunately, the way it plays out, I feel like it becomes pretty much, like, exploitative in... uh, It doesn't really have much to say about abusive relationships, it th- it captures some of I think that that tense anxiety feeling of like you know this person is going to and their and their pain and trauma is going to haunt me and no one's going to believe how I talk about that or what it was because they weren't there. I do think it captures some of that. Some of most of that I think is due to Elizabeth Moss's. Okay, my little joke about Elizabeth Moss that I have to make up front. Every movie I see her in now, I'm just like, this is about her relationship with Scientology, and this movie is 100% that. It's like, you feel like she, this is her fantasy of escaping and of being pursued by I can get creepies. behind
1: your uh, theory, but I don't think she's in on the joke.
0: I don't even know if she's in on the joke, I think it's a cry for help. I think it's very, other
1: like, people, I don't think it is. I think she is super... I've heard her talk about it. This is a religion that she believes in. Yeah. So I think that that I get what you're saying, but I don't think she's in on the cry for help. I think there are other people trying to say, look, do this and see that what you're doing, this is crazy. But
0: I guess what I'm saying is there's an element of like the more she does these kind of roles and as good as she is in them, you're like – this is just about you expressing your own subconscious anxiety about these this relationship, and you're attracted to these projects, and God knows the people that you're working with are maybe also Scientologists, I don't know, but like, there's something that sits very uneasy about this movie, and the more I thought about it, the more I got away from it. Like, it sort of has the, like, the skin of, like, a feminist retelling of whatever, and sure, on the surface, yes, but also no, because it just feels skeevy and as I think we'll both dig into shortly here, so many stupid decisions. Um I do want to go full spoilers on this, but we'll get back to it first. I want to hear what did you think of Invisible Man?
1: I hated this movie. (laughs) I really, really, really hated this movie. I hated the way this movie was written. I hated the way this movie felt. I hated every single stupid plot hole. I hated the way you didn't know who any of the characters were or how they were related to each other, how it didn't even bother to explain the simplest, tiniest thing, like the person whose house you're staying in after you escape your abusive ex who may be your ex-husband, maybe your ex-boyfriend. I don't know, because you didn't bother to fucking tell us.
0: Plot holes will come. We
1: didn't know who the person's house that you were staying in was. And it never got explained. I I hated the feel of it. I hated the vindictiveness of it and the idea that, you, that in order to escape abuse, you have to become an abuser. I'm so sick of that. I'm getting real, real tired of close-ups of Elizabeth Moss's face and her smart-alecky, like, upturned-eye smirk. I know that she's a... Look... Elizabeth Moss is a great actor. I like her very much. I am so, so tired of everybody doing this now that since Handmaid's Tale. I'm tired of it. It's smarmy. It's smirky. And I don't like it. And I felt like this whole movie was smarmy and smirky. And I didn't like it. I didn't like the abuse narrative. I didn't like the, the glee it took every time this, that she got hit by this invisible force. I didn't like that at all. It was icky it made me uncomfortable i really really hated this movie
0: it was very clear to me i mean if it wasn't already but like that it was directed by a man oh Watching yeah it, you were just like this is this would have been so much more interesting if it were directed by a woman i mean not all any woman but like many women could have really turned into this to a totally different kind of movie. And
1: from the spelling of his name, I didn't realize who yeah. he was. I actually thought it was a woman yeah, d- it writer and director. Feels... And it made me a little bit even more angry. I yeah. was like, I've got some words for yeah. this Lee woman.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, It feels like a man's yeah. version of this story.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only way that a man can fathom or this type of man can fathom that when you get out of a situation like this that you can redeem yourself and you can walk away tall is by revenge is with some sort of clever revenge eye for an eye shit now look i have been in abusive situations and this this idea that the only way you can possibly get away from this trauma is by inflicting trauma or by the person being gone and preferably at your hand is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and I really didn't like it.
0: Well, and I that's something now we can get into spoilers a little bit that as the further I got away from it, I was like, Oh, cause there is an invisible woman original mm-hmm. movie. And everything's franchise now, obviously these days. I well, thought, this
1: started out as the Dark Universal. This yeah. was like the the Mummy type.
0: And so I was like watching this and thinking about it later, and thinking, oh, they now think she's going to be like mm-hmm. the Invisible. It's sort of like the basic instinct. Like, yeah,
1: she you know, took the suit with her.
0: Yeah, she took the suit with her. She's going to be like the, you know, it does power corrupt? No matter who you are. Mm-hmm. That's great if you're making a fucking different movie. This was a movie that put on the. On the suit, on the fake weird suit of uh, Being prestige and, and prestige. feminism. And, yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's sitting with me less and less well as I get away from it. Should we get into plot holes? Yeah. Okay, you go first.
1: Five milligrams of diazepam <laughs> melted into a glass of water. Not going to knock you out even if you've never taken diazepam. Especially if you don't drink the whole glass. It also wasn't clear that he had drunk the drink and they had... They had to tell you later. Um, You go, and then I'll go. We'll just go back and forth.
0: forth. That's how this works. (laughs) Why did she go to her sister's childhood friend slash ex? We're not quite sure exactly who he was. When you are fleeing something like that, and you want to disappear before you know he's dead, you leave. You go to another town, and you start anew. Has anyone seen Buffy? Like the set, you know, third season premiere. Like you start fresh um don't go there who was
1: was taking care of the dog in the draped apartment for four weeks that was supposedly empty when she goes back in and he's suddenly standing there (laughs) what did she do for a living who was aldous hodge and when did he suddenly get these arms that he didn't have in in leverage
0: how did she learn at the end how not only to use this suit, was there just like an on off power button like a Mac? Also, are they one size fit all? Like, how did she fit into the suit enough in the 10 minutes she went to the bathroom to figure out how to exact her revenge?
1: Why on earth would he leave his phone in the fucking attic? <laughs> Why? Why would you carry your phone on you when you were being invisible? And if you are carrying your phone on you, how did you get through a metal detector when following someone into a high-security prison ward so you can sit around and be invisible? If you actually still leave marks, you're still... I'm I'm assuming there's some metal in this suit since it was all fucking cameras, it looked like. How did the suit work?
0: Yeah. No good. I'm out.
1: I i i mean i could probably think of eight million more but trust me every scene of this movie has a plot hole yeah every single one of them down to her showing up at the end and slitting the guy's throat i just i oh
0: i will say like it reminded me of bad 90s thrillers like we had a Dozen, like a million of these, often they start Julia Roberts or like Sharon Stone or whoever. Sleeping with in the, the 90s. Enemy,
1: yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But I, I, you know, it was competent enough to get to that level, plus maybe some sort of better performances. And I thought the cinematography was pretty good generally. But it that ended up just frustrating oh. me more because they let all of the potential down. Yeah.
1: That house, not in Stinson. <laughs> Definitely
0: not in Stinson. <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else we want to say about this movie?
1: no I hated it don't go see it
0: um we're nixing the dark universe just please stop stop the dark trying universe. you know
1: there's a reason it didn't succeed just put them away yeah just stop it
0: and, and apparently casting Scientology stars in it is um I mean we we get the Scientology of the dark universe yeah the, the uh you know you're laying on pretty thick there we don't we don't need to see anymore oh. <laughs> All right, uh, where can they reach us?
1: If you saw this movie and you liked it and you want to tell us we're stupid, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for The Knicks Podcast. You can send us an email. You're not going to, but you can. It's motiontonicks at gmail.com. You can send us a tweet. Somebody did that, so we know that people can do it. That's at The Knicks Podcast on Twitter, and I'm at Fanny V. Darling. And I'm at Justin Hartung. See you next week.